gentlemen welcome once again to the student of the game i am kyle nash's student of the game and listen if you're here chances are you like talking about sport we're glad you're here to do it with us tonight here first time in a while we've done a live show had a lot of pre-recordings it being the holiday season me being at magic games for a7b and sports look at this Is, is that a record less than a minute we got a bing in the show here already granted uh, not the best executed being but whatever right maybe i'm knocking off some rust but here but we're coming here to do the live show here later in the show we hope to have huddleup.com uh huddle up podcasts big jim needs to jump in the ceo himself of puddle up huddle up inc as it were to talk about some stuff uh surrounding the nfl and, and picks and all this other stuff and hey listen maybe having a cowboys in the fan uh a cowboy fan in the room rather he can do something to help me kind of maybe, I don't know, take them seriously in this home stretch of the NFL season, as I believe we're entering week 17 uh, of 18 here, coming up a lot of crazy things going on. The, what a great NFL season in itself, and what a great season of football in general, whether it be you follow the NFL or college. And and and, and it's interesting. Now, as for those who may not be aware, I cover bowl games this type of time of year for various outlets mostly for the three-point conversion Bing! i also cover for uh the black and gold banneret where ucf is involved as they were in getting shellacked by georgia tech uh in the gasparilla bowl Bing! um but i've already covered the cure bowl as well featuring appalachian state miami of ohio uh last week uh for the three-point conversion as well Bing! but i mention all the above to say this it was in my pr- uh, uh, preparation for the upcoming Pop-Tarts Bowl, whereas this is being recorded on a Wednesday night. Um, if you're not watching live on the Huddle Up YouTube channel, the Sertoba Media channel, where the struggle is real to be awesome, whether or not you're doing it live on A7BM Sports or the Student of the Game Facebook pages or my Twitter page or Twitch page, both at the SOTG, um, and all um, any of those outlets therein um if you're doing this on podcast you'll note that the perhaps the pop tarts bowl is happening or has happened but in my preparation to write that preview which you'll find on the threepointconversion.com bing um i talk with both Kansas state coach Chris Kleiman and and uh, NC state coach Dave Dorn about parity in college football now, what takes me there is this isn't a New Year's Six Bowl by any stretch. Obviously, it's being played on December 28th, as I mentioned, Thursday. This is one of those kind of second-tier-ish bowls, right, in the Pop-Tarts Bowl, formerly the Cheez-It Bowl, formerly the Camping World Bowl, Russell Athletic, blah, 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 whatever. This was the game where teams that didn't quite crack the top part of their conference to get into a conference championship but we're still pretty darn awesome, get their entry. But at times in the past, there have been teams you're just like, I mean, I don't know, what are we doing here? Like we got, we've had matchups before featuring Iowa State 
and Notre Dame. Now, the joke's on me. I say just Iowa State. This is where I saw Brock Purdy twice in person and be like, hey, he'll never be an NFL quarterback. I say only above to say this. Both these teams in the Pop-Tarts Bowl were three points away from being in a better bowl, a different bowl, or at least in a conference championship in their own minds. What am I talking about exactly? Well, for one, NC State lost to the mighty Louisville, of which, of course, I'm supposed to be thoroughly, thoroughly flattered and encouraged about the fact that they were allegedly one point, the 20th best offense in the nation. You know how they beat the North Carolina Wolfpack, ladies and gentlemen? 13 to 10. Juggernauts of offense, baby! Woo! Joking aside, the main takeaway from that is a conference runner-up in Louisville only beat the North Carolina Wolfpack by three points. Now, granted, they had some bumps and bruises along the way that may have kept them out of the conference championship, probably. But the point is, they were able to compete an alleged against an alleged conference runner-up in the athletic, or excuse me, Atlantic Coast Conference. Overrated as it may or may not be, as I've talked about on this in many shows. Then there's the other side. Kansas State, not only the 2020, I can't say defending anymore, right? The 2022 conference champion, but also despite being a group that struggled with injury at the quarterback position, Will Howard, who's opting out of the Pop-Tart Bowl, um, and Avery Johnson has, you know, kind of helped them out as he's been dinged up throughout the year. I don't know how much time he actually missed, but like I remember watching them beat UCF with him like limping and and, and not being 100% and still being able to run the football. We're not talking about Addison Williams and the UCF run defense on this podcast. Check out Night Shift on the Black and Gold Batterette. Bing! But the very same K-State, also three points away from beating a Texas squad. You know, Dem Longhorn people, who, which by the way, why is it when Texas looks like they may actually finally be back? I'm not hearing that comment anymore. Is it just meant to talk trash? Texas is back. No, uh, listen. I mean, it's a thing where you're the CFP, Texas. Go ahead, Longhorn, Longhorn fans. You can say you're back. Granted, one year of success does not success equal for long uh, term uh, prospects in a conference or for a program. But if you want to talk that is, it's your time. But that's a whole other comment. But three points away from beating what ended up being the third team in the nation to get in the CFP. I have to find that very interesting. And you know what that means for all? And, and, and I mentioned the bowl games, by the way, in the context of I was there in one of my first bowl uh, coverages, the second coverage uh, I did of the Citrus Bowl, which ironically also included at Ogeron, but most importantly with the context of Leonard Fournette opting out of playing against the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Ironically, against now current LSU coach Brian Kelly. But, I mean, you know, that doesn't matter to some Notre Dame fans out there. They still hate him, even though they claim they won't. But the punchline's this. At that point, it was taboo just for a player to sit out. Ed Ogeron, with support, has said a comment about players opting out, not showing the best loyalty to a program. Five years later, Coach Farrens of Iowa, the oldest active coach at the time, and still, because he's still, I still expect to see him 
on Sunday as he battles against the University of Tennessee in the Citrus Bowl, the Cheez-It Citrus Bowl, where Josh Heupel, a uh, former UCF coach, returns to town. Tells us about a story from coaching great Bob Stutes, who had texted him, man, this is too tough. And that was before the NIL opened and the transfer portal in football opened. Which brings me to the point of the conversation. The NIL has brought parity to college football in a way that I would have never thought truly possible with literally hundreds of teams. Well, over a hundred teams, not hundreds, but you know, 130 ish teams in division one football in, in the level where they're ranked and considered by the CFP. You have teams that are three points away from being in a conference championship, specifically the Wolfpack. I brought up K-State earlier. The fact that that field goal difference is the the opportunity between playing in January for a college title, for for a national title, sorry, or playing for an, an exhibition that, is still getting you extra recruitment on TV and extra opportunity to tune up guys, right? Avery Johnson, quarterback for K-State, for example, here. That small window is what's going on. Moreover, all I used to hear about pre-CFP was, oh, my gosh, we're so so sick of Nick Saban. Oh, my God, all Alabama does is dominate. Oh, the SEC. Which, I mean, listen, I say as an SEC guy, Best money college football can buy. But if you saw my picks Tuesday night on the Huddle Up podcast, bing, or you hear my picks as I talk about them briefly when I bring in Big Jim of Huddle Up, you'll notice a suspicious lack of SEC in my prognosis. More on that later. So with all of that being said, the SEC being upright down criticized as having a down year for them, which still managed to get a top four team and having a team that was number one all the way up until conference championship Saturday at the beginning of December. And yet still, there's more parity than we've ever seen before. Maybe there's still an opportunity for the transfer portal experiment to fail for the prospect of collectives jumping in to cause problems for the impossible calendar that is post-conference championship weekend impossibility, the anomaly that coaches are doing several things at once. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll hit the clack real quick, and rightly so. Call it insane because it's almost like you're doing the NFL draft and trying to keep all your players in the locker room all at the same time, right? You're trying to do the NFL playoffs and the NFL draft at the same time in college football. That's what you're trying to do. It's impossible to do it correctly 100%. But that all being said, folks, we're in a dawn of an era where college football is not done changing, but for now at least it seems to be changing for the better. But anyways, because we're talking so much football, hey, listen, I'll get to basketball. It's after Christmas. I know I have to turn the tide in that direction, and I will sooner than later with college football soon to be off the docket. But we ain't there yet. And when I talk about football, I talk about a man who talks a lot about professional re- – wait, professional re- – oh, right, three-count Thursday is a thing he does as well. It's pretty awesome, I hear. But more importantly, 
the man who runs the helm for the Huddle Up podcast, my guy, the man who's so nice, he lets me call him names on his own show, Big Jim Knees, CEO Huddle Up Inc. What's going on, bud? That's the truth. Not many people can get away with that kind of activity. That's how you know I love you, Kyle. <laughs> That's right. I don't see anybody going up to the field on Ed Hockley and calling him a B. I'm just saying that doesn't. No, that's true. I at least I haven't seen it. Or, or right, the, the microphone hasn't picked it up yet. But I, but man, listen, I I, I want to start off. I know you heard the back end of 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 my little uh, monologue there that I try to do Colin Cowherd style. Of course, many would argue it has a bit more fact based behind it. But I'm not that guy. I like Colin Cowherd. A lot of people don't. But what did you think of this concept? Like, where do you think we are? Has the NFL seemed to have made the sport better? And do you see that continuing to happen in college football? Um, yeah, I mean, obviously the last, you know, year, two years in college football, like basically almost felt like the pandemic was like a like this weird like reset and hyper shift. And that we were gonna get there anyway, but it just seems like there was like there's like a pre-pandemic world and a post-pandemic world uh when it comes to college football. Um and you know, as 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 somebody that is um, a fan of, and not that I would, I don't know what this feels like. So uh, of having um, the, a consistent, um, being a fan of a team that's consistently at the top of the sport, um, and and winning titles every year. As someone who is a fan of a rotation or not the same teams at the top year after year after year, seeing a somewhat of a shift in college football to the point where, um, you know, and, and obviously the 12-game playoffs going to change that possibly immensely starting next year. But like already this season, you know, George is not even in the conversation. And there's three teams who have not won a national title in a very long time who are going to, you know, so the, the odds are that we're going to see a, you know, a new, a fresh champion. I'm all for it, man. Yeah, exactly. And I think that reboot that I, I, I use the term reboot loosely here, reboot of, of who's at the top, the reallocation of wealth. I mean, we call you woke Jim all the time. The reallocation of wealth is certainly something you're into. He said jokingly, but it's interesting. The reallocation of wealth. I use that term yet NIL being a factor to buy players, to get them to come listen maybe you're a capitalist after all jim i don't know the uh, irony is ironic on that one i see what you did there we'll get to more about ironic irony with lamar demetrius jackson when we get to the nfl by the way um i i think another point worthy of mention i think more and more programs are understanding that that being involved in the conference is important and i know you you uh refuse to acknowledge that your notre dame fighting irish are a member of a conference allegedly they're just too greedy to not do it in football, and rightly so. I've seen the checks they cash. Exactly. The you rest know. of their athletics thanks them, by the way. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> it's nice, you children. Now go play along in your playgrounds. Yeah, go games. play your silly games. We're going to go do this football thing. Yeah, you know, exactly. Maybe that they're the older kid on the playground, like the fifth grader that's on the playground with the third grader. But, you know, life in the ACC is a thing. O'Doyle rules. O'Doyle that's perfect uh i guess that meant clemson was alan uh, adam sandler making you drive off the cliff for a number of years anyways yeah uh, you're not kidding hashtag banana peel but um 
that O'Doyle. I was not ready for O'Doyle rules. I tell you who ate those sandwiches. It was the damn Sasquatch. <laughs> no, but I um to, to try to get it back all on track. I, I think overall the biggest concern I actually have with the future of college football is uh, the media side of it. Right? You sure. mentioned the pandemic for a while. Teams could be like, "Well, we sell out every week. We're still awesome." When you draw Jack right. on TV numbers, and if you drew Jack on TV numbers during the pandemic, we may not have talked about it a lot, Jim. But you were to those that matter that make the money move. You were exposed like Janet Jackson in a halftime show, right? I, I mean, that's a problem. Right. So this is why you see the Pac-12 falling apart because the biggest TV people left. This is why people were worried about the Big 12 until they weren't. Uh, when, when when um you had the departure of Texas and uh, Oklahoma. This is this is why Enter Coach Prime. Yeah, right. I mean, well, and now he's a Big 12 member too. Shoot, yeah. It's not yeah. like Big 12 was doing bad, bad. Yeah. Um, it would have been interesting to see, but to your point. Don't have to worry about it. You know, Dion's going to at least give him one year of cash injection injection, and I'm okay with it, but exactly. Yeah. I mean, as, as long as he's there um, and if Colorado can continue to improve um, and again, like with, with the, with the shakeup with you, you know, your, your two, two biggest and, and two teams that are among the best year in year out in the conference that, you know, that they're on the outs and, and Colorado's coming in, um, you know, the opportunity to, to seize control in year one, um, you know, I, I think is, is going to be a compelling story in the next season. Right. But and I say all of that, though, to mention with the TV market being shown for how important it was having that spotlight focused on it in the pandemic year such that it was. We also have now seen more money go out and we had seen plenty with the building and the establishment of the sec network which we keep hearing about how much cash espn is hemorrhaging from backing such an endeavor we see the pac-12 falling apart because of hubris we see ac the only thing holding together the acc is, is a really sticky piece of chewing gum and some bonding wire apparently just ask our good friend ej christian who's probably touring with journey for how often he's crying so earnestly speaking podcast didn't do a student of the game report this week because you know something something family allegedly <laughs> but um you know I, I think he was lamenting the performance of his chiefs and giants and he had a lot of teams lose this week yeah his I say, it wasn't a good weekend for old Ernest christian oh, great bob no so i say see this is why i don't no. Thing sucks. Yeah, I don't need a soundboard like Jim has as he produces my show with great talent. Have soundboard. We'll travel. Yeah, and he travels well. Listen, I mean, I, I, I'm really glad. I This is how I know the Capitals weren't playing tonight. Jim's here not watching and tweeting in sad, angry fashion. about. I mean, they actually are. That's why I'm wearing my Washington lowercases t-shirt. Oh, son of a... <laughs> Um, well, then that's how much I really know Jim loves me. I could call him a naughty name on his show all I want. He's missing hockey for me. Holy shit. That's snap. right. Um, that almost made me curse right there. But the punchline <laughs> is this. Um, the thing I get worried about, Jim, is these media outlets are fitting the bill for a lot of just, just crazy movement. We're talking about programs getting a fraction, a cut, if you will, a share of money that a conference gets from an outlet, for example, ESPN to 
the SEC, the Big Ten, and the deal they have with NBC, which I winter's coming, Irish fan. But um, hey, hey, listen, all I'm saying is NBC is going to be like, so we gave you all this money. It's time for you to sweeten our investment in the Big Ten. Don't act like that's not on the table in your mind, sir. It's not in my mind at all, Kyle. You don't think it's going to happen, but you I do not. And that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. You have Lucifer Morningstar queued up. It's fine. But it's always here. It's always here on the board, Kyle. Um, you know, it, it's on the T-shirt on T Public that you designed. I tried to tell you, but you wouldn't listen. No. Well, uh, but the point I'll finally get to here, after all the the tribute and inside joking I'm doing here with my guest, Big Jim Neese, the I'm worried about when the bottom falls out, Jim. I'm worried about when the hemorrhaging of the cash becomes too great and the pigs at the trough that are the media partners go okay that's it it's not so much that we're full is that the troughs are empty yeah it's going to be a really interesting thing to, to see what happens as the the first couple of years the 12 team playoffs start to take shape and then once the current deal which i think is after the first two years the 12 team playoff um, once that starts to come to an end, um, I think it's going to be interesting to see where the sport is at and where these conferences are at, because obviously Big Ten bulking up in numbers, um, SEC has added a couple, ACC's added a couple, Big 12 is adding, uh, the Pac-12 going away, um, you know, it, the, the, <laughs> What what what's left of the dying corpse of the Pac-12 is allegedly going to like join forces with the Mountain West and ooh that's this, that and the other and and so I like but we we've all we've heard it for the last couple of years too about the idea of this super conference and uh, like one two maybe three super conferences and they're going to feed the sport and and like. You know, it's going to be like six teams from this super and this six teams from this super. And that's going to make up the tw like there's there's all sorts of, of of wild scenarios. And like, you know, and 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 I don't know if that's if that's the answer. I don't know what the answer is, but it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out. And, and if there's sustainability in playing games Tuesday through Saturday and sometimes on Monday and you know, four o'clock starts in the afternoon. And some of these things that we've seen over the last season or two and, and, and just, yeah. And just when ESPN and these networks go, yeah, enough's enough, man. Like we're not going to keep subsidizing Southwest middle Tennessee state college. Like, like I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what the future is. I, I think that we're, we're going to, this is going to be almost one of those weird, like react in real time things. And, and I think that's the part that, that we're, we're looking at, too, that, that let me add this concept to it, right? You're a network exec. You're thinking you're hot stuff because you, <clears throat> you have an exclusive media deal with the SEC. You have all these amazing blue blood teams. You know, when you walk in a room, like, let's pretend you're Disney and ESPN with the SEC. You right. bought Star Wars just so you could walk into a college football meeting with the Imperial March going, because you have the goddamn <laughs> SEC. Right, right. 
I mean, can you imagine Nick Saban walking into a room with a banjo playing the Imperial March? Hey, you can't rule it out. Dang it. It happened to Disneyland today. You don't know. If you haven't seen the picture of Harbaugh and Saban with Mickey Mouse today, it is the greatest sports photo in the last decade. It is just, it's perfection. I mean, I'm pretty sure it happened when they were here at the Citrus Bowl last time, but that's a whole awesome. other question. Yeah. I was at that game, and, and I'll, I'll explain why I will make a uh, a relation to that game. More on that later. But um, with all that in mind, I, 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 I still feel like one thing can happen, and it kind of already has. Let's say you're some hot shot at Amazon that wants to get in the game. Hey, we managed to lock down Al Michaels, and that poor bastard is still fighting for life, wondering why on earth he chose to do this, stuck with Kirk Herbstreet, the most vanilla thing that has nothing to do with his skin tone, just his play-calling ability to hit a booth, okay? And this is considering a dude from Colorado and Joel Klatt is not as white as him. That's the point. A vanilla. Sorry. See what I did there? But uh... <laughs> And rightly so. What a great time to hit the clap. Well done, Jim. But um, then suddenly I get Dion, which means as the upstart, I have something that the Imperials don't have. Right. My Luke Skywalker is prime time. Okay, maybe that Luke's cooler than your Luke. Well, maybe Luke Skywalker is actually Shador Sanders and Yoda is Dion. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Business decision you will make. <laughs> you know, like, how about that? Which I don't know if that makes Travis Hunter like, you know, uh, 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 Obi-Wan, not Obi-Wan, Kenobi, but like, you know, uh, Han Solo or something. But Maybe. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Nothing from the prequels. Whatever. Punchline's this. <laughs> that's all it takes is the whim of a college kid or a well-placed investment from a collective or a set of donors or boosters to bring in a guy you couldn't for X reason to completely bleep up the rotation. Yeah. Now, I know what people out there think. But Kyle, that happens all the time in the NFL. I mean, look at Patrick Yvonne Mahomes the second. You gave him three names and he just popped on the scene in a mid-market like Kansas City. That would be a great question, except for one thing. For all the hate Roger Goodell has, there is no such entity in college football, right, Jim? Yeah, that's true. So I, I say all of that to say, I don't know, man. I think it's going to go fall apart and go crazy here in less than five years. Yeah, and that's the crazy part is, is you know, we, we think that the – like the pan the, the the playoff, the pandemic, the twelve team playoff, and conference realignment and NIL is nuts. This I think this is just the beginning. And that that that's that's what's like cool and scary at the same time when it comes to college football. That is a great cool and scary. I might have to quote you on that, big Jim. Yes, as long I I mean I got no problem with it. My wife says the same thing about me. Although more scary than cool, but whatever. I mean, listen, I don't want to hear about what happens in the niece house after hours. That's uh, that's none of my business. But speaking of your proverbial Marge, um, I don't know. Maybe she has blue hair and looks good in it. You're you're woke. You would hang out with chicks that have blue hair. But um, it's Why a not? joke, Jim. It's a joke. Why but not? <laughs> that's the joke. 
Marge. Exactly. You're a woke gym. Why would you discriminate? My point exactly. Um, but with all that in mind, let's get to the scary and cool part here. Um, I know we went over it a bit on uh, the Huddle of Podcast, but now we won't be interrupted by any tools uh, going on in the background, nor the sounds of loud vans crashing into bad parking spaces or whatever it is. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about exactly, but... <laughs> Uh, I, I know you are aware of the teams that are playing. Let's start with your Michigan, sorry, your wife's air quotes, Michigan Wolverines uh, battling against Allegedly. Nick Saban in Alabama. And the ever-famous thing, because this time next week the game would be over, who you got? Um, I mean, if you think I'm going to start picking against Michigan at this point of the season, you you are very, very wrong. Um, no, I, I, think, I think that they – they're the better team, okay? And I know, I know. A lot of times in these situations, sometimes the be- the better team doesn't always win. Um, but 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 it's certainly uh, the hope of this household that, that that the better team does hold sway in this one. And I think they will. I, I think that this team, um, I think they, they they are carrying a chip on their shoulder, and they've been doing it all year. Um, we we have talked about it. I'm fairly certain, even on my earlier guest spot here. Um, on this show, we talked about it, but we talked about it many times throughout the course of the year over on the Huddle Up podcast and, and, and throughout my uh, observations podcast on that same feed thing. Um, <laughs> um, but it's, it's you know, every every time a new wrinkle of this whole scandal and everything um, came out, uh, th- there was so many people that were like, aha, see this, this is the one that's going to get him. This is the, this is the hammer that's going to fall. This is the one. You know, because even at the start of the year, like people forget the start of the year, Harbaugh was out for three games because apparently you can't buy a cheeseburger for a kid who's on a like the 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 just archaic nature of the NCAA um, is just absolutely absurd. But anyway, so we're playing a Jimmy Buffett song by Jim Harbaugh, just <laughs> on the outside chance it might be cheeseburger in paradise, right? Uh, so, you know, they started the year without their head coach, then he came back and things are going well, and then this whole stallions and spying and espionage and all of that stuff like it's more of a scandal than anything in politics which is just like the 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 craziest uh thing but they you know they every time and then you know the the decision gets handed down as they're boarding the plane to penn state and you know well this is going to be the one because you can't go into happy valley and and win with it without your head coach and then they do it and then they you know kind of have a little bit of a, a a a struggle uh, against Maryland, who's like one of those like weird teams that's like four and eight, but they're always going to scare good teams. Um, but you find a way to win down there. And then it's like, well, look, they barely beat Maryland. They're not going to be able to beat Ohio State like with Ryan Day. And after all of this stuff and Ryan Day puffs his chest out in South Bend and, you know, everything's going right. And they got the best receiver in the country and this young quarterback and this and that. And then they they beat them there again without their head coach. And and then, you know, they, they they go to the Big Ten title game and it's like, well, now you have your head coach back and is is that going to be a, a distraction or what's, you know, is that going to throw a wrinkle and mess this team up and blah, blah, blah. And they they just they they just keep conducting business. And and I feel like that's that's what this trip is going to be for them. And for the last month, it's been kind of funny because everything's kind of gone quiet, right? Like after the Ohio State win everything kind of went quiet with this and for the first time all season i think michigan's gonna be able to play football 
and the better team being able to focus on playing football, I think is going to be the difference. You know, it's interesting. First of all, that's cute that you try to make the Big Ten title game as if it were a thing, but bruh, nobody took Iowa seriously. Oh, no, but I think there was there. I, I did hear some of those like narratives of the fact that like with Harbaugh coming back and like wanting to win the game, so like will Tony Petiti hand the trophy to Harbaugh, which he didn't. Um, you Coward. know, like. like <laughs> And, and and all of that so like there there was some of that talk is like is it going to be one of those things where like now like the win against ohio state was actually the big 10 title game so like are they going to look past iowa and just assume they're going to be in and like yeah that never happened by the way side note uh, I, i've heard it alleged my sources tell me that the main reason um that the uh, big 10 commissioner would not give the trophy to Jim Harbaugh is he noticed that he was clutching uh, a McDonald's bag and was at risk of being purchased a hamburger. But um, <laughs> well, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. Wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> a that Jim Harbaugh would do it and be that the guy would dodge it. No. Um, but uh, listen, first of all, <clears throat> it's funny that they would claim that there was stallions in happy Valley and yet Penn state still couldn't run. But, um, see what I did there? That's good. That's good. Deep joke there on that one. Um, but yeah, I, I like the point made there too. And, and anybody who questions Jim Harbaugh at this point is on some sort of drug. And I'll just make it very simple. You went on Michigan Homer. I'm going to go Homer in a different way. I'm going to on the video flash my credentials showing the uh picture of me inspired by my time as an offensive lineman, the Aaron Evans original that I have over my head here in the studio. Um, that line's better than the other. I referenced the last time I watched Michigan and um, uh, Alabama play in person was the Citrus Bowl um, in 19, right? Um, that would have been the 18 Citrus Bowl, 19. See yeah. how that works. Um, but the first half, Michigan was actually leading. I'm sure it was at least a decent afternoon in the Nice household. Um, but then... Bama proceeded to just remind everybody, hey, our offensive line is just that much bigger than yours. We will abuse you. That's the kind of difference I see happening with Michigan and Bama. I think they're just that much better up front. And over and above whatever uh, culture you have, the report constantly is that if you're at, at Alabama, the reason why you like it there is Stockholm Syndrome. The Harbaugh's, and I include John on this, that, that that family environment is real. Who has it better than them? Nobody. And I believe the scoreboard will show that. I have Michigan. Family. Oh, Jesus. You listen. You had to find a way to work that in there, don't you? Hey, I mean, look, we're all family here. That's it. Part of the huddle up family, right? Bing! That's right. Yeah, you shameless. Family. Not, only, not only did you force in your sound bite with your hater self, Brian Kelly, you managed to plug the network. How I'm that good. I, I'm that good. I did, what, talent, what? bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the dude dropped a talent bitch on my show. That's amazing. I feel like, I feel like, I, I don't know if I like, I should say I deserve that or, you know, it's about time you paid the, you paid the check, Jim. <laughs> Maybe a little of both, a little of column A, a little column B. Accurate. Yeah, you, you can't have salt and, and pepper, you know, like the, the two seasonings work together. Oh, there you go. Makes for a fine hamburger. Anyways, um, with that in mind, uh, the Texas Longhorns and my guy, 
uh, Michael Panix, who was thoroughly robbed of the Heisman Trophy. Um, and I'm not just saying that because I predicted him as the guy who would win if Caleb Williams didn't uh, on the Huddle Podcast, Bing. Um, but yeah, the the uh, the Washington Huskies, woof, versus the Texas Longhorns, the other semifinal game. Big Jim, who you got? Um, yeah, I, I it sucks that I correctly predicted the the Heisman Trophy. I predicted Jaden Daniels when the when we did our uh, preview show. I didn't think that I would actually get that one right. Oh, you um, were allied with the family. Oh, well, you know, it's it's, a, it's hard to shake family. Um, from oh, your sweet uh, irony from your history. Um, yeah, I look. I I think the Sugar Bowl is 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 going to be the better game if you if you actually want to um have some in, intrigue and mystery on who's going to come out the victor in this well, one you're going to say coffee to stay up late enough well that that as well um <laughs> you know for the for the people of washington and for the people of texas um you know you you at least get a normal hour start time for this one um uh, unlike us here on the east coast that are going to be what is it a 10 p.m kickoff or something i don't know no i think it's closer to nine but either way it's still way too late uh let's be fair um, and that's an insomniac speaking, so I don't even know how regular people do it. Um, but no, here, like, here, here's the thing. I mean, Washington has had two of the most, uh, impre- impressive wins of the season, two of the best wins. And, and I know a lot of people, uh, will argue that they are the best wins, the wins over Oregon. Um, you know, I, I will put the word arguably there because if uh, people want to make a few other cases, uh, for a few other games, not, not, not a huge list. Um, so Washington, it's not like they don't have the resume, like when they beat Oregon in the PAC 12 title game, when Michigan beat Iowa, there was no question on who number one and who number two are going to be, because those resumes can't be argued upon. And rightly um, so. Exactly. Exactly. So, and rightly so Washington has played themselves there and, and Alabama, I understand you have a, or excuse me, Texas, you have what is not a good loss, uh, to, to Texas, but or to, to Oklahoma, but you know, they ever covered. They also beat a team who was, you know, now, now upset at the end of the year, the number one team in the defending national champion. So it, it's, you know, th- this Texas team is super intriguing. And I, and for years when, you know, the myriad of coaches that have gone through Texas after Mac Brown, and the question always comes up every year, if they get a big win to start the year is, Texas back. Like now you and I always say no because we have a brain. Right, exactly. Right. But all of a sudden, Steve Sarkeesian, man, you know, and, and this guy has gone through a lot of stuff in his personal life and he has come out clean on the other side. And first off, super credit to him for cleaning his life up and getting himself on the on the straight and narrow. Um, and he is he is showing that what Pete Carroll and, and USC saw in him years ago. Um, was not a fluke. Okay. Um, he is he has conquered personal demons. And this Texas team is really darn good. Really, really darn good. And and I thought for sure as we went through this season that I thought we were on a collision course for Michigan and Washington. Because I thought Michigan was the number one team. I it didn't matter to me that you had a two-time defending champion that was staying undefeated. They weren't doing it in convincing fashion, and they ended up losing when it mattered most. 
I don't even give a damn if the coach not on the sideline. Whatever. <laughs> um, and then Washington, you know, they were doing their thing despite the majority of the country not even knowing they existed because Pac-12 problems, right? Um, and I thought we were on that collision course. Now, Kyle, I'm not so sure. I, I feel like this Texas team is, is primed for an upset. I know um, when we when we were talking about the spread last night on Huddle Up Bing, um, the – it was, I think, like four points, and I and I took Washington to cover. I think Texas wins. I'm not going to change my pick today um, I, because that's kind of how I feel. I think it is going to be a close game. I think it is going to come down to a field goal here, um, a mistake there by one of the two teams. Um, and, and to me, I just feel like Texas is coming in playing a little bit better football. Now, this, this month reset could change that. Sure, and we'll find out very, very soon. But um, yeah, Texas. The last time we saw them, Texas to me looked like the better team. Well, and I think listen, I simplified it too on the very same Huddle Up podcast. Bing. Listen, by the way, Jim, you staying loyal to your pick. If I was asking for a flip flop, I would go with somebody who lived in Florida. Um, but I, I don't think you know. Listen, I, I, I'll put it this way, and I will say on uh, here. Well, I said what I said on your podcast. Defense wins championships, and only one of these teams is known for doing it particularly well, and that's Texas. It's how they beat Bama. It's how they've gotten a large portion of their wins throughout the year. No offense to uh, uh, Ewers at the quarterback spot. You know, he got hurt, and and that was a whole thing during their season. All of the above. See how injuries didn't debilitate other teams, and they still made an appearance looking at you, FSU, looking like trash against Louisville, and your sorry conference championship Deep breaths. But, yeah, because Texas can play defense and Washington cannot, no offense to my guy Michael Penix, I look forward to see where he gets drafted, but I, too, have the Longhorns. Um, So that'll be all very, very interesting, to say the least, Big Jim. However, now I think it's uh, fair enough to to jump over to the NFL side. And and the real reason you're here is, your cap, by the way, that dons the lone star upon it being such as a Cowboys fan. Um, now, I wanted a Cowboys fan who is just a Cowboys fan. And I mentioned I mentioned that here quickly, too, because when you do come to Florida, I have something for you. Oh. I, don't, I don't want to ship it. I want to give it to you in person because something, something sentimental. And here's one that you can take to Matt for me. And I know eventually Mikey Byrne will drive up from South Florida to get his. Oh. Is, will EJ come to town to get <laughs> those that are li- li- uh, listening to the podcast like I know our good friend EJ Ernest Julius Christian does bing, um, look on the video and you'll see what I flashed in front of the camera that being said by the way this is how you entice views to the huddle up uh, podcast YouTube channel there Jim if you're wondering what my secret was to doing that when it does do well. Granted, it doesn't do 2,000 views and stuff like the dang playoff craziness does. Holy crap, yeah, that's still climbing. To this I, day. Apparently, listen, apparently people love basketball just as much as football because they love watching me dunk on EJ. But the punchline's this. <laughs> uh, I mention all of that. Whether I do it here or on the Duval Dive with my guy Travis Holmes. Um, so, thank you, Jim. Um, I mention all of that that your gave, gift is a Cowboys-related thing 
No, 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 no. It's not something you tie around your neck to choke. It's not like that. <laughs> it's not the post. Yeah. I wouldn't do that to you. That's not fair. By the way. Well, fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't do the other one that you have. Um, I know where I know what house I'm in. I know what house I'm in. I think I'm wearing the appropriate t-shirt. Oh, but, there you go. Um that being said. That is a disgusting act. No, Joe Buck yourself, sir. Anyways, uh, make me believe in the Cowboys. You may not be successful, but I'm going full Steven Crowder, which I know intimidates you, woke Jim. Uh, uh, pr uh, prove me wrong. The Cowboys, m make me a believer here. I mean, the, the thing with this Cowboys team is they have really had two bad Day, really bad days <laughs> one yeah laugh it up for a ball um <laughs> one okay. of them so first of all i love the star wars reference carrying over from disney to the fact that i'm mediterranean just makes it completely accurate as well i'm not even offended it's just go. great <laughs> but you know one of them being in santa clara the other one being a couple weeks ago in orchard park okay besides that um, and I know, obviously, lost to the Cardinals is bad, um, and and I don't like talking about it. But <laughs> there, there there will be those anomaly games for a lot of teams, right? Like the Eagles lost to the Jets. Um, you know, the Ravens lost. Uh, the Ravens lost to the Steelers, which turned out to not be a good loss. I think the I Colts a is a matchup. I get that. I think the Colts is a more surprising one. We, we'll do that so they don't, because then they don't even have the divisional excuse for crazy. That's fair. Um, so, so good Williams gets hurt table flip, good teams have bad losses, right? Like that, like that, that is it. That is a thing that will happen. So like you, while you can't deny, um, a loss to the Cardinals, um, bad games happen. Otherwise you have a, you have a close loss to Philly. You have a close loss to Miami. Um, and, and right now, you know, everybody wants to talk about injuries, um, Philly wants to talk about injuries. Niners want to talk about uh, unfortunately timed injuries. Um, other teams want to talk about injuries. This Cowboys team is very beat up as well. They have they have a left side of their offensive line that is beat up. They're beat up on their you know the defensive midfield. Um, they're for how long again? They're know. they're beat up in their secondary. So um, you know they they still had put themselves in a position to potentially beat. Um, you know, a Miami Dolphins team that 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 is a good team. How good, how great they are, we don't know yet. But they I were in love, a position. To... I love that that you take the time to separate the difference between good and great. I, I don't think enough yeah. people do that accurately. Yeah, and and here's the thing: Miami might be great. We just don't know yet. <sighs> they 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 might be. <laughs> they might get into the postseason, and they might beat. Uh, you know, they might beat Baltimore. They might, they might beat Buffalo. They might, you know, they might. I'm not saying they will, but <laughs> and I know that sounds very earnest, Christian, of me, right? But like, <laughs> wow. I but, was just no. you're using the Kevin Garnett defense that anything is possible. Well, you didn't like, I, I, I don't, I don't right now sitting here today believe that they will. But again, you know, they they've only had very limited um, opportunity to play some of the best teams now they play the ravens four days from now mm -hmm. okay 
with both teams battling for the number one seed and both teams are in a pretty good spot. So like call it deciding the number one seed, right? Yeah, there we go. So we're going to find out Sunday, you know, and and even if the Dolphins lose, you know, it's going to be one of those things where if they lose by two or three, they're going to be in that conversation. They get blown out of the water. Then you start to, then you really start to question it. Right. Or you could get to play the game of, I tried to tell you, but you wouldn't listen. Um, (laughs) So, but I think, I think that that that's where the Cowboys are. And I understand that they're three and five on the road and that, that looks bad. And they're going to, unless the Eagles somehow lose to the Cardinals and, or the giants, which I know you would love every minute of the Eagles losing to the Cardinals. Poor man. When patient zero comes back to the show, you're going to have so many feathers shoved up his tailpipe. He won't know. It'll happen. Good. Exactly. Um, you know, but, but I, I don't, I don't necessarily foresee that happening with Philly. So by all accounts, the Cowboys are going to have to go on the road for this entire postseason, And like that, that, that can strike worry in Cowboys fans. And that's fine. And rightly so. (laughs) Rightly so. But (laughs) you know, they, they play the lions this Sunday. I get it's at home, but it's, it's a chance to, to, you know, kind of quickly right the ship against a good football team and start to get ready and start to prepare for this postseason run. And, and then, you know, you're going to get in against a, a hot, but I don't know how good, Tampa team because they're beating up bad opponents, right? Um, and then you see where the chips fall. You could be playing in Philly, you could be playing in Santa Clara. Um, two very different games, right? For the second round. So um, yeah, I, I think this week is gonna be more telling, but but I think that this Cowboys team, it's not that they're not talented, but I think what what is going to need to be their strength um is gonna kind of be the opposite of what's been their strength for the last season and a half. And it's going to have to be more on their offense because of the condition of the middle and backfield on that defensive side of the ball. They're just beat up. So I think like this is the time where, you know, you've been you've been working on making Brandon Cooks and Ferguson and Turpin and those guys bigger parts of this offense, leaning into wide receiver one, C.D. Lamb, who this has been a coming out party for him this season. Now, now's now's the time to shine, right? Now's the time to shine. You know, right, wrong, or indifferent, people wanted to put, and Vegas odds put him there. Dak Prescott in the MVP conversation a few weeks ago. Well, you're not going to win the award. You shouldn't win the award. But over the next couple of weeks and into this postseason, there, there's a there's a Cowboys legacy potential for Dak Prescott, which to me is more valuable than an MVP award anyway. Well, just to be clear, you may want to use a term other than coming out when San Francisco is your rival. People might get the wrong idea. Um, uh, that being said, <laughs> terrible, <laughs> terrible, just terrible. Um, terrible, T R B L, terrible. Well, but and and see, that's where I hit. That's where I hit the wall with the Cowboys. And I'll even grant, like I know I had them winning eight wins, but. Uh, in, in August or whatever it was, maybe it was July. I don't remember. Um, but it was a situation where I think I had the Eagles maybe at 10 wins and there were some 50, 50 games that I didn't know what the hell to do with the Cowboys. Right. Then the chargers came out and, and the Kellen Moore revenge game did not go the way I thought it would at all. So that's definitely one I did not see coming. Um, Not even Kellen Moore's fault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
Chargers are scoring more points at one point during the year compared to last year. And they still are just not a good football team suddenly. But, you know, it's Justin Herbert's fault, right? He said sarcastically. Of course, of course. Uh, Just like it was Tony Romo's fault for all, all those years. I did not see the the Cowboys coming out and, and just smacking the Jesus out of the Eagles in their second matchup. Um, I did not see what was the other impressive win that comes off the top of my head. I, I don't know that I would have picked the Cowboys to beat the Dolphins in the preseason. Oh, sure, I did by the time it came up, and I realized that, wow, maybe uh, Jalen Ramsey's even more overrated than I thought once he recovered, you know. Um, I said what I said. Deal with it. Um, by the way, when Christian Wilkins gets off his rookie contract, look out. Or I shouldn't say off his rookie contract, rather, gets into his next contract. Right. But um, all the above to say, the part has the culture changed enough for me to feel like the Cowboys won't beat themselves again? Right. Because I think this even goes back to Dak's year when he was just a plucky fourth-round guy coming in for Romo who was supposed to fail. Did everything he was supposed to do. Hmm. And Aaron Charlay Rodgers. Yes, I remember this, Jim. I'm not a Cowboys fan, but more Cowboys fans need to. Dak did his job, and everyone forgot because Rodgers pulled a play out of his left sphincter. I assume he has more than one. God only knows what ayahuasca does to you, right? That's true. But I, but get, completes another Hail Mary in his career. And Mason freaking Crosby. I, mean, I, I hate Crosby's in multiple sports just because of, of the Green Bay Packers. Listen, listen. <laughs> enough of your hockey references. You know, said the kid isn't a bad player. He just whoops your butt. But the punchline is this. <laughs> Facts. But <laughs> listen, I, I, I don't think this is – and there, there's, there is this way – that Dak shares with Tony Romo is he gets flack for stuff that ain't on him. And, 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 and I think a lot of that is a cultural thing and a surrounding thing. Now, Dak, I think is not the same quarterback he was. He's been injured enough. And I mean, tell me, is Kellen Moore being gone that much of a difference to where they won't puke all over themselves in the big moment? Um, God, I hope so. <laughs> um, That's a fair answer, man. Listen, I had C. Lou on the show last week um, of Sports After Dark. Bing! And, and I had him tell me, you know, hey, explain to me why the Colts are this good. And he's like, I, I don't I don't know what the what that's I, 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 I don't have an answer for that question. <laughs> and if you're there, that's fine. It makes for great comedy. That's part of the show. But so, so here, here's what I'll say to that. Um. I think Dak Prescott overall is playing the best football of his career. I don't know if it's because he's, what, 32, 33, um, and he's just been in the league long enough, or if... Tom Brady does help a lot if you've seen it all. Right. Or if it is actually that the offensive system that Mike McCarthy is running this year plays better to to Dak's strengths or what. I, I, I don't... I don't have the answer to that question. Um, but like I said, to me, Dak Prescott is playing the best football of his career. Um, so that that makes me feel positive. Um, over the course of this season, um, I have said in victory and defeat that I that I have thought 
that this Cowboys team from the outside looking in has seemed like the most tight Cowboys unit I ha- I have seen in my adult life. Um and it may- and and may- maybe ever. I like you know I cuz like if you go back and read some of the stories of those teams from the 90s, it's not that they were that tight of a group, it's just that they were that darn good. Correct. Well, and I mean, <laughs> when you say your adult life where my mind goes first isn't isn't the team full of people who have who have questionable uh accolades, sorry, questionable um how you say not accolades but escapades in their past. Sure. Also, while being called America's team, seems appropriate somehow. Yeah, but, extremely appropriate. But you're also including teams that that uh, featured probably the biggest bromance before the Chiefs were a thing with Kelsey and Mahomes in Witten and Romo. So that I yeah, think- no, and 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 the the other thing, closest thing I can I can um, equate it to is is I remember. Uh, one of the years the Cowboys had won the won the division, hmm. it, there was a, a a famous picture of Romo, Witten, Dez, and Demarco Murray in the locker room celebrating, and that was a very tight knit um, core. Um, but this to me feels like the whole the whole collective group. Um, so it is my. By the way, what's that? The defense included, by the way. Correct. Yeah, and and so it is. It is my hope that. You know that 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 some of this, some of this noise, some of the mistakes, some of the, you know, poor decisions or, or whatever, in in the last couple of weeks, um, can get corrected and you can get back on track, even though you do have to go on the road, and that that you can flip that switch because I think this team is capable. Like there's been other years where I've gone, oh, man, I'm just I'm I'm not. I'm not really I'm not really seeing it. I'm not really believing it with with this group. I think this team is, is capable of it. I think this team is capable of really good things. Um capable of winning the NFC, capable of winning the Super Bowl. Again, I hope so. Um <laughs> but, but but when you have cuz sometimes and I, and I will equate it, you can kind of see the tip of the Stanley Cup on the flag over over here to my right. Okay. Um that that group that won the Stanley Cup for the Washington Capitals in 2018 was not the best group that they ever had, and far from it. In fact, the spring before that, when they got eliminated by the Penguins, um, whack, whack, whack. they I remember looking at I remember looking at Mrs. Big Jim and going, um, with that that's this was the year like this. It like we're not going to be in this spot for a little bit, and the following year that team came together. There was a point where, like in February of that season, there was talks like this team should fire their coach because it's not working anymore. And was it anybody besides EJ Christian that was declaring their season over? Uh no, no, it was not. <laughs> All right, actually, it was. No, actually, it was. Um, so like it is. It's kind of my hope because like in. I can I can draw some parallels. It's not exactly the same, especially when you're playing 17 games versus 82. But sure. like the, these these last couple of weeks for the Cowboys have felt like it, it, it's a very down point. Like things are going really well for a while. You beat the Eagles. You got yourself into first place. Everything looks really cool. And then oh crap, <laughs> reality is has kind of struck the last couple of weeks. So it, it's it's kind of my hope here that like this group, while 
you know, is it the most talented they've ever had? I don't know. But like it, when you come together as a group, sometimes the the sum of the parts is greater than the best parts. You know what I mean? So that, that that's kind of my hope with this team. Right. The sum the 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 sum of the parts are better than the individual values of each combined. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the, the, the synergy defense is an interesting one. Um, that being said, let's just say your hopes aren't chased out of the first, the game I'm referring to as a possibility while they're still young. <laughs> uh, no, but yeah, yeah. Blame, blame the red tails for that. Obviously. Um, no, no, the, the synergy concept is an interesting one. I, I, I hadn't really thought of it. This is why you're on the show was to help me think of it. Um, that all makes perfect sense. By the way, as a side note, you don't need to call her Mrs. Big Jim. We know her name. It's obviously Marge. Anyways. Um, <laughs> yes, of course. So Marge. Uh, with all of that being said, um, let me do this. Let's let's you know what, Jim, you want to help me with some picks? Let's do some picks. Let's do some picks. That being said, I will pull the schedule up and we will rock and roll. So usually I'm better about not dictating what buttons I'm clicking here, but you know. I'm feeling exposed because I still haven't worked out the kink with having Roundup on my on my music yet, whatever. So we'll just jump into it. And a game that doesn't all matter all that much except for spoiler implications for the Jets. The Browns on Thursday night battle the Jets. Does anybody really think the Jets are going to do anything this game? No. Good, me neither. Um, anyways, see how I dictate, Jim? This is how you host. But, oh, snap. You know why I was dictating? My would-be producer, have board, will travel, found the music for me. That's what's I'm up. Again, I am just that good. <sighs> Hashtag talent. I get it. Um, Lions head to Dallas to battle the Cowboys. Jim. I mean, this is a tough one because these are my Lions here uh, traveling to uh, traveling to, to Dallas. But I will go full Homer, Homer on this one, and I will take my Cowboys. See, this is what synergy is, folks. I just put it on the table, and he has a nice, refreshing meal. It was wonderful. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, I say that to stall. I have no idea what to expect from this game. Um, I do expect this game to be close. I expect the Cowboys' knees to be bloodied, but at day's end, I think they step in. Um, they'll stay the fifth seed. But they'll make themselves a threat to be the second seed should the Eagles continue to falter. I have the Cowboys. Oh, okay. Anyways. Um, I'll take it. Yeah. The Dolphins head over to Baltimore to battle the Ravens. Big Jim, who you got? Ooh, well, I mean, I said a couple minutes ago that, you know, we're going to find out if, if maybe this Dolphins team is great enough to beat the Ravens. Um the, the problem is Jalen Waddle likely out or very limited if he plays. Tyreek Hill, I think, still has a little bit of an ankle. Uh, I think the left side of the Dolphins' offensive line is in trouble. And, you know, you can ask Brock Purdy how well that goes. Um, bro, bro, bro. <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't bring up the guy's actual name. Um, I j the Ravens are just the better team right now. So, so. Uh, if the Dolphins can get healthy by playoff time, maybe they'll have a, a better argument. But this week, they do not. It is Baltimore. I mean, that was all great stuff you said. Here, let me summarize. Lamar, Demetrius, Jackson. Will the Dolphins beat a good team? Nevermore. I have the Ravens. Like Boom. Um, the Bills host the Patriots. I'm only bringing this up because so you said something about locking it up. 
on the I, show. Yeah, I mean, I I had I have my locks of the week. We do our locks of the week and and things that we that will happen on the weekend. And I said, Bill Belichick will give one final middle finger to the Buffalo Bills. The Patriots pull the upset. I can't I can't go back on a lock. Give me New England. Okay. While I appreciate the the role of Bill Belichick as CeeLo Green in a karaoke bar singing to Josh Allen and company, bleep you, um, bleep you. That being said, I don't think they'll be that. I don't. They don't have enough backup singers to execute that like I just did. And I'm not going to the former Ralph Wilson Stadium anytime soon. I have Josh Allen and the Bills, despite the fact they didn't win the must win in Week One. <clears throat> Anyways. <laughs> the fraud cons the fraud cons head to chicago to battle the bears wow what a trash game jim who you got oh my god wait hold on i think i have one for this one. Oh my god who the hell cares um and mark moses that's who cares my gosh uh <laughs> I, I you said this is in chicago it is uh yeah i'll take the i'll take the bears at home for no other reason um, if it were Desmond Ritter, you already know I would pick the Bears. It is not. Uh, you know what? I will let Justin field the burden of my pick here. I'm going to pick the Bears because he's allegedly doing better. That's all what my Bears friends tell me. I, too, have the Bears because I call them the fraud cons for a reason. The Titans head to the Houston Texans in Houston to do battle here in a divisional game. By the way, reports are that C.J. Stroud is practicing in to, good sign. Uh, so yeah that's a good sign for them to uh possibly take care of business big jim who you got um man yeah if stroud's gonna go i mean if stroud's practicing that's a, that's at least a positive sign we're on wednesday um i like houston either way at home i they're they're playing for something tennessee's already eliminated and what i think will levis is out so it's the Tannehill show again yeah hard out on that give me houston yeah, I don't think they'll need to go far to climb the T-Hill. I, too, have the Texans. Head over to Indy to battle the Colts. Dude, this one's really intriguing, man, because this Raiders defense is really, really good. Um, their offense, or at least their passing offense, stinks. But if they can <laughs> run the ball and let their defense do their thing, my gosh, Aiden O'Connell versus Uncle Rico in a, in a possible, uh, you know, uh, team team can get into the playoff. Raiders got that swag right now, man. Give me give me the Oakland Raiders of Las Vegas. I I, I feel what you're doing there with the uh, Raiders. They've been hot with Antonio Pierce as the coach. It's the kind of stuff that does come out of a Disney movie. Um, that being said. Um, I think they're feeling themselves a little bit too much after what they did to Patrick LeVon Mahomes the second. The Horace Buckner will be a factor getting in Aiden O'Connell's face and stopping anything they're doing in the backfield as well. Maybe Uncle Rico has a rough day, but I do feel like the Colts will have fewer turnovers at the day, and that determines the victor. Uh, the Panthers head to Everbank Stadium to battle the Jacksonville Jaguars. Big Jim. I know. I know some point the Jags got to get it right right like at some point you you would you would hope that uh things start to balance back out um yeah you know what I I need I need a, I need another feel-good story for myself similar to 
what's going on with my Cowboys. So I'll take the Jags at home, man. I think they need to start getting right. I agree. It's not so much that the Jags are good. It's that the Carolina Panthers are that bad. And I believe Josh Allen makes it a rough day for Bryce Young in the backfield and creates turnovers. Sure, maybe the Jags will turn the ball over some, but I see them actually getting some points. Whether the Panthers were more likely to struggle there. I have the Jags. The Rams head to East Rutherford for the Jets. Big Jim. I said the Jets. I meant the Giants. I beg your pardon. Does it matter? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Uh, I know Tyrod Taylor's playing. Um, it should give the Giants a better shot than Tony Mozzarella, but the, the, the Rams are in a playoff spot. They've been playing really well. Um, just keep handing the ball to Kyron Williams. Get the win. Uh, pop quiz, Jim. Quarterback you have less faith in? Desmond Ritter or uh, Tommy DeVito? Uh, Desmond Ritter. I'm going to have to agree with you. Uh, that being said, uh, John Matthew Stafford and company, as well as Aaron Charlotte Donald, handle business. I have the Rams doing it on the road west to east. The Cardinals give Jim the opportunity for revenge when they head to the link to battle the Eagles. Jim. Um, I will obviously love nothing more than the Cardinals to go into Lincoln Financial Field and beat the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, and and they're one of those weird teams that can do it. And actually, you know what? The Cardinals have been playing just enough uh, creatively on offense at times that they're going to disrupt an Eagles defense that is not great, Bob. Not, um, not great, Bob. And also beat up. So you know what? Arizona. Homer, 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 Homer. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm just not as brave as you, Jim. I'll go with the Eagles on this one, and I'll leave it at that. The Saints head to Tampa Bay to battle the Buccaneers, Jim. Um, yeah. I mean, it's got to be the fighting Maker Bayfields, right? Like this team <laughs> has been playing well as of late. They beat. They beat up Jacksonville team. They beat up a Green Bay team that was still alive and technically still is in a in a playoff hunt. Um, the Saints aren't good. Uh, give me give me the Bucks at home, man. And Baker's going to continue to earn some form of a contract for next year. Yeah, I mean, say what you will. Maybe he's beating up teams that are struggling and meeting them at the right time, but capitalizing it and is the other half of the game in the NFL. And Maker Bayfield's doing it. I got the Bucks as well. Um, I'm pretty sure we both have the Niners handling the Red Tails, yeah. which takes us to the Steelers heading to Seattle to battle the Seahawks. Jim. Um, look, I know uh, Rudolph and his the, the Rudolph the Red Armed Reindeer last week performed some magic on Christmas Eve uh, against Cincinnati, but I think going into Seattle against the Seahawks team that is currently in a playoff spot is a much taller task. Uh, for this Steelers team, and I don't think they're they're up for this one. Uh, give me Seattle. Yeah, the question is, will TJ provide enough wattage for Mason to continue to lead the sleigh? I'm not sure that happens either. I, too, have the Seahawks at home. It, wattage with the sleigh? Come on. I like that. That's good. Maybe it was too smart. I don't know. Will EJ even get it? Anyway, God, that was all. Anyways, the San Diego Chargers do battle against the, oh, the Denver Broncos. Like, um, the uh, what? Who the? What's the guy playing quarterback for him again? Because it's not Russell Wilson anymore. That would be um, um, st st uh, um Stedman. Uh, Stedman. Thank you. 
Yeah. Um, and not Chet Stedman. That was rookie of the year. Um, or little big league, whatever. Uh, yeah. Rookie of the year, uh, with Rowan Gardner. No, um, oh, Gary Busey, of course. I actually think Rowan Gardner might have a better shot winning this game for the chargers than, than Easton bat or Houston stick or whatever the heck the guy's name is. That's the quarterback of the chargers. Yeah. It don't matter. Um, Denver, I guess, is the better team, so give me them with home field advantage. Yes, he's not willing to stick with Easton, so he's going with the Broncos. Um, I'm not knocking it. I think the Broncos obviously have the better defense, so I will definitely agree with you there as well. The Cincinnati Bengals head over to the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Jim? Uh, This would actually be, Ernest, the definition of a must-win game for Cincinnati. Um, and I just, I just don't see it happening. Um, they, they kind of got exposed a bit against, uh, Pittsburgh last week. At some point, the chiefs really have to start playing a little bit better, right? Like, even if they're not the best team, um, I think this is the week that, that they look a little bit better. There's still going to be times where you go, what is going on with this team? But I think Kansas City ultimately wins. Well, regardless of whether or not uh, uh, the amount of bad blood makes a difference in this game, I feel like Travis Kelsey and Patrick, excuse me, Travis Michael Kelsey and Patrick LeVon Mahomes II are incredibly pissed and are going to put up a fantastic day humbling the Bengals in the weakest part of their squad. I have the Chiefs handling businesses home, securing win number 10. Uh, the Packers head over to Minnesota to battle the Vikings. Jim. Mm, man um both these teams really need to to win to stay alive um i think just whatever's going on with the quarterback position for the vikings and the loss of tj hawkinson is going to be enough for the green bay packers to be the team that stays alive in that wild card race uh give me green bay i'm forced to agree i have to pick jordan because i don't love what the vikings are doing at quarterback boom <laughs> and that's how we close out this edition of the picks me making awesome puns with my huge talent once again he said very modestly jim an honor joy and privilege to have you aboard tell the people where you can be found my friend yeah um pretty much you can find me on twitter at big jim sports um i have a link tree there that's going to take you to uh 3ct the three count thursday podcast um Thursday nights we go live. We talk about pro wrestling. We have a Tuesday podcast that is anything and everything under the stars. It's kind of a really evolved over the past year into just whatever. So there's some weeks we literally just hit record and 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 let it fly for about sixty to ninety minutes. So um, it is a ton of fun. Uh, no real agenda on the Tuesday show. So check out the ACT. Uh, we also got the Huddle Up podcast. Um, each Tuesday night we go live for that one. Um, and, uh, and, and we go live during the football season. We have an off season program with some great topics, um, which, you know, we're sadly only about a month away from, uh, shifting back into our off season program. It's hard to believe. Um, so, uh, you can, you can check that out over there. Also, I got discussions with a nobody where that's just me talking about whatever the heck I feel like talking about it when it's not football season, because that one does kind of take a backseat a little bit at this time of the year, especially, um, but all of it's right there. It is yeah, slightly, um, all of it is right there on the link tree at big Jim sports on Twitter. I find it interesting of all the things that go on 
you don't have a hockey pod, but you do have Mikey Byrne for that in the Five for Fighting podcast when that is. You do, and and I I do cover um hockey stuff uh, on the observations uh, as well. It hits the uh, Huddle Up podcast uh, podcast feed. Um, so yeah, like and and I've kind of I've I've not recorded one of them in a couple of weeks because uh, I basically lost my voice for about 13 days so uh we're finally back on the other side of that someone maybe tried to uh hit one of those to uh to kick off the new year as well and yet despite that you are not patient zero um shouts to our friend matt mule hides in the huddle podcast and- I, I think that's where i got whatever i had from because we had our three ct christmas together and uh and i was sitting next to him all day and and a couple of days later i was down for the count a bit uh, but uh, it's kind of just it's hard to really pinpoint it. I don't want to blame uh, Matt for that one because there is just plenty of stuff going around for for everybody at this point. I don't want to blame him, but I do want to put him at the scene of the crime. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, he was he was sniffing around. I don't necessarily want to put the weapon in his hand, but no, yeah, he's on the clue game board. But which room yeah. and what weapon? <laughs> you're not prepared to comment. Got it. Uh, but no, I listen, man. Appreciate you coming in. Uh, a great time, of course, as we handle business here. Of course, I am Kyle Nash, a student of the game. You can find me on Twitter at the SOTG. Find me on Instagram and threads as the same, the SOTG. Find me on Facebook as a student of the game. Check out my writings with the three-point conversion. Um, you should definitely see uh, me there previewing the Pop-Tarts Bowl. And depending on when you're listening to this, you'll probably be able to see the wrap-up of the game in question featuring the uh, Kansas State Wildcats and the North Carolina Wolfpack. The Big 12 battles the ACC. That may imply who I think is going to win already, but I didn't pick that game, so you don't really know. That being said, um, also check out my work with UCF. Of course, you could get my write-up of the Gasparilla Bowl, Georgia Tech battling UCF and how I feel they did in their final performance and what they may have to look forward to and worry about in the coming season of UCF football, also some UCF basketball. You'll see from me and my coverage there on the black and gold banneret, as well as appearances on the night shift podcast. So check that out as well. Of course, my work with A7BN sports covering the Orlando magic. That's a fun time as well. And of course, podcasting with this freaking gay on the huddle of podcast, as well as the Duval dive, which will be on Friday, 1115 um, as the Jags head into their final home game, you can hear me and Travis Holmes of Big Cat Country talk all the ish, as the kids say. Um, something, something, student the game report, earnestly speaking podcast as well. That tends to come out on Tuesdays, didn't this week, something, something, holidays, whatever. Um, thank you, Jim. And um, I think that should pretty much do it. By the way, look for the Duval Dive also on oldschool101.com between 12 and 2 on Sunday. and on the three-point conversion uh, iHeartRadio channel as well. So, an honor, joy, and privilege for having all of you involved. Thank you, of course, to Big Jim for jumping in, doing his thing. Um, You should check him out, and rightly so. But until next time, everyone, class dismissed.